On the Mic Podcast. This is your host, Tim Drake. On today's episode, I have Oscar nominee and Emmy winner, Sam Pollard. Sam is talking to me on today's episode about his new documentary, Maynard, that tells the story of Maynard Jackson, who was Atlanta's first African-American mayor. Uh, it was an incredible story. I absolutely loved this documentary. It was a story I had never heard before. Uh, there's so much of our history that seems to get swept under the rug uh, with, with the way that current classes are taught. And Maynard Jackson's story is one that really has changed the current face of our political climate. Uh, it, it's such an incredible, moving story uh, to learn about how his election came to be and how it's really shaped how Atlanta is today. And, you know, some of the great changes that we've been able to see in politics, thanks to Maynard Jackson. Uh, kind of the way that uh, his publicist had pitched this to me was uh, the story of, you know, Obama before there was Obama. So it was, it was really kind of, a, kind of an interesting uh, take on it. And I'm thrilled that I had the chance to be able to take a look at this film, be able to talk to Sam about it. Uh, some of the things I had talked to about Sam as well was, you know, how he goes about choosing his, uh, his documentary subject. As I mentioned, you know, he's been nominated for an Oscar. He's won four Emmys. He's won Peabody Awards because he finds such incredible topics, uh, you know, to be able to cover. Uh, Maynard Jackson just being another one of those great topics. And I'm really excited for anybody out there uh, to be able to see this film. Uh, we have all the links up on the website so that you can go and check those out um, be able to see you know when when the film is coming to you um, as well as be able to find out when it's going to hit any of the streaming services that you'll be able to watch this on so make sure you check that out um, and follow Sam Pollard as well uh, like I said he's got an incredible career he's made a lot of great films uh, we, I talked to him again about some more of those I'm um, also about you know we, we have such a heated political climate now and talk to Sam about what he thinks you know Maynard Jackson would have wanted our current politicians to be able to take away from his story and from this film and you know Sam, Sam's response was was wonderful and I mean the biggest thing I took away from this is that Maynard truly wanted to be somebody um, who, who was there as a public servant and wanted to be able to help people and, and be able to help his constituents and that was the biggest thing is he challenged diversity where it was lacking he turned around and made sure that people were people's voices were heard and that's something that we seem to to really lack in, in today's political climate and I think you know if we paid more attention to how Maynard Jackson you know, was as a politician and just as a good person, the, a lot of these things, you know, would, would change. And I, I think that we would have a much, much better, uh, much more temperate political climate today. So make sure you check out Maynard. Again, the links are up on the website so you can like the Facebook page. Also go to the official website and find out the date when it is playing near you. Make sure to check that out. I've been in Los Angeles now for a few weeks. It's great to be here. Uh, so many great things going on. I've just been spending a lot of the last few weeks over at uh, ASCAD at UCB. Always so great to see Matt Besser um, and everybody that he brings on. Also, I uh, had a chance to go to one of the, uh, the live tapings of uh, Matt Besser's podcast, Improv for Humans, uh, with former on-the-mic guest, The Katie Dids. Uh, which was a lot of fun to be able to see that live. Uh, it was such a cool show, and the Katie Dids, of course, are phenomenal. Season three of, uh, of Teachers is out now uh, on TV Land, so make sure you check that out um, as well. And yeah, you know, there, there's a lot of great things going on. One of the biggest, and I'm so excited to be able to announce this, tomorrow night is the Justice League premiere here in Hollywood, and we are going to be streaming that. Uh, we teamed up with uh, DC and Warner Brothers. They're turning around and giving us uh, the opportunity to be able to stream that live, so look for that link tomorrow on our Facebook and Twitter, as well as on onthemicpodcast.com. Um, you'll be able to see all the red carpet festivities live here in Hollywood uh, for the Justice League premiere. 
Again, hope you guys really enjoy this episode of Sam Polar. Make sure to go see Maynard when it's in a city near you. If it doesn't come to your city, again, make sure to see when any streaming services are going to have that available for you and make sure you check that out. Hope you guys enjoy this episode with Sam Pollard. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you on here. So I, I had a chance to watch the, uh, the documentary the other day and just, just an astounding documentary. I had never heard of Maynard Jackson until until watching this and you know I, I was curious how did you uh, how did you first hear uh, Maynard Jackson's story well you know back in 1973 when I was a young editor I was young, I was developing as an editor I had an opportunity to work on a little short documentary about the first three well-known black mayors of major cities and it was Coleman Young of Detroit Michigan Thomas Bradley of Los Angeles, California, and the third was Manny Jackson of Atlanta, Georgia. So I was aware of him back when I was 22, 23 years old. So when we fast forward to 2015, I get an email from out of the blue from a woman named Wendy Jackson who's married to Maynard, son, Maynard Jackson III. And she's a producer and she had seen the documentary had done slavery by another name. And she wanted to know if I'd be interested in directing a documentary about uh, Manny Jackson's figures. And it was, there was no hesitation on my part. It was an immediate yes, because I knew about him. I didn't know him about him as much as I, you know, as I thought I did. So even as I did the research, read some books, read articles, and talked with family members, I got to know who Manny Jackson was, and I was excited about doing the film. So that, that that's incredible that she had even reached out to you, knowing who you were and you you know were familiar with with Maynard's story. So I mean, you, you mentioned you know Thomas Bradley and and a couple of the others there that you had learned about. And I, I think the biggest reason I learned who Thomas Bradley was was because of the international uh, uh, airport. <laughs> it was the biggest way that I kind of knew who he was with the international terminal at LAX. I mean, do do you feel that when it comes to educating you know kids at a young age that a, a lot of celebrating, you know, African-American culture within politics is, is greatly ignored even still? In my opinion, yes. I think that, uh, you know, America has a rich history. A history that's not just about white people, it's about black people and Asian people and, you know, Latinos who are all American, many who are American. Then I don't think our school systems really, really do the work necessary to make sure that students get a well-rounded perspective on who shaped, who helped shape this country and this democracy, this republic. So, um, you know, I feel I have a responsibility as a filmmaker of color, as an African-American filmmaker, to, to, to be connected and involved and hopefully produce or direct documentary that, you know, will introduce a new generation to a man like Randy Jackson. I, I think you definitely do a great job of that. I mean, you, you, you mentioned one of your other documentaries, uh, Slavery by Another Name. Um, you, I know you recently released the documentary on Sammy Davis Jr. You, and you just have a whole slew of documentaries that you know, you've been nominated for Oscars for, won Emmys and Peabody Awards for. What, when, when you're starting a new project, what is it that draws you in you know, to the subject or to the, to the story to be able to make such intense and, and fascinating uh, documentaries? 
question I always ask myself and the people who are inviting me to do this show. The first question is, do you want me to make a serious film that's going to show this person or this situation in a very complicated way? You know, I don't want to make a documentary about Mary Jack who's just going to shit my coat and show you how great he was. You know, he was great. I want to show him also as a human being who had, who had issues and, 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 and you know, and, and had, you know, he had feet, sometimes a feet of clay. And uh, as soon as the family said they were open to anything I wanted to do and say in my name, you know, and they weren't afraid of anything that might seem controversial, said, for example, how people saw, some people saw how he handled the Atlanta child murders, I was on board. And that's the thing that's going to attract me to be able to, to attach myself to a subject. If I feel that it's an open field where I can show the person or persons I'm, I'm documenting on all levels, you know, so they become very multifaceted characters. Yeah, and that, I, I think it's great, too, the way that, I mean, within Maynard, to be able to show, you know, while he changed the entire, you know, playing field, especially in Atlanta, um, to, to you know, the way that, I, I think Bill Clinton put it best in the film, where he talked about how Maynard just always wanted to do right for the people. But even in that regard, that ended up kind of being some of his blunders in his early political career. So, I mean, how, how do you think, you know, he managed to still keep people in his favor because he was so loved by everybody in Atlanta that even when it was, you know, the issue with the child murders or, um, you know, some of, some of the other things that he ran into, how, how do you think that he still kept the people on his side? It seems like in today's culture, that, would, that wouldn't necessarily be the case. Because he was a public servant. He understood that to be a politician in those days was to be a public servant. You're serving the people. And that you can make mistakes, but as long as you're being upfront and, and as honest as you can be, you know, people will still support you. And even though, you know, he had issues, you know, when he hired the person to be safety commissioner and he wanted to get rid of them, the person would leave, even though there was issues with people who thought he wasn't doing enough with the Atlanta child murders. Even though there were scandals during his third term, you know, with people who were on the city council when it came to being involved with the airport, the guy was a public servant. And as a public servant, he always felt that he was there for the people. And I think the people of Atlanta felt that since that and knew that, you know, and that's why they supported Manny Jackson. You know, he was never a politician like some like some politicians today whose name I won't mention. Was all about himself. He was never <laughs> about himself. He was there for the people. Very much so, and, and even his predecessors. You know, you heard you heard say that, and I I, I thought it was was fascinating. I can't remember the the guy's name uh, that was running against him in the first in his first election uh, that you had in there. That I mean, he even spoke very highly um, of Maynard throughout the throughout the film as well. And I th I think that that's the discourse he seemed to have even amongst his political rivals. Is, is very polarizing and so much different than what we see today where there is so much more hatred acro across the aisle. Well, this whole thing of divisiveness has truly become, you know, the thing that is at the front and center of why American politics is such shambles today. You know, there's a divisiveness between the, you know, between the two major parties. You know, the Republican Party and the Congress now we see the you know the, the how 
ourselves because we assess the devices just in Congress. You know, people don't want to work together. It's, it's just amazing. It's always Republicans against Democrats, you know, and it's Democrats against Republicans. And it's just, it's just, it's, the idea of being a public servant doesn't seem to really exist like it did during the time of Manor Jackson. Do you feel at least in Atlanta where his predecessors did see you know, the, the way that he handled things as, as really focused on being a public servant. Do you feel that at least in Atlanta that some of his legacy has carried on with that? Or do you think that, you know, the, the people of Atlanta and the mayors and, and those that have followed have been kind of caught up in the current political game? Well, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, you would have to, I don't live in Atlanta. I mean, I, I know that they, they have just had a run off of the new mayor. So we'll see what happens there. But think about it this way. After Manny Jackson's mayor, it was Andy Young, then it was Maynard, then it was Bill Campbell, then it was Shirley Franklin, then it was, you know, Kadeem, uh, Kasim Reed. So you've seen the legacy of Maynard being carried on the next four mayors right behind him. So, and you see that Atlanta has become one of the most successful and populated cities in, in America. You know, it has one of the most, you know, formidable airports. You know that that's an international airport, which is what made him wanted it to be. So it, something there was something right in the water when Bennett became there, and, and the legacy that he's passed on to all these next mayors. So what, what, one thing I found in, interesting that we see in a different way today, but you, you kind of address how uh, when, when he first was running, how um, some of the some of the white um, pollsters kind of in the area tried to rig the election against him by people that didn't really understand how to vote, where they were telling him to check next to the wrong the wrong person. Um, uh, that was his sister. That was the interview his sister. He ran against Herman uh, Talmadge. You're right. That's his sister saying that you you know if you mark that X, then you won't be running. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, sure, you know. Listen, I don't think that's something that any of us remember. Who, who grew up in America in the 60s or the 50s would find it surprising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> find it surprising. Yeah. So w- w- with, with that, with those kind of issues that, that we saw then, I mean, we kind of see that today even with the way that gerrymandering has really started to affect, you know, communities of minorities, poverty-ridden communities. Do, do you think, with given the way that gerrymandering has affected states all throughout the U.S., that Maynard... Would still have been able to uh, to secure the victory that he had today. I think if, if he was running today and Atlanta's mayoral race, it might be a little tight now because you know the population in the heart of Atlanta now isn't majority black. You know, like it like it like it was as, as it was when Maynard was running for mayor. You know, the white population that had left the city has come back into that city. So it might have been more. It might have been a big challenge for me. Who knows? You know, who knows? I mean, I I would say that I want to talk to some some of the historians or or people in the city of themselves who might give you a better answer than me. <laughs> so what, what one thing too with you know the fact that he opened this door by becoming the first African American mayor of Atlanta, it, it seemed that I mean that was such a such a big thing at the time where you know you you weren't really seeing that anywhere in the country let alone in the deep south 
and to, to be able to open that door and then we see you know so many changes at that enacted where on the bank boards he started saying there needs to be more diversity and, and started challenging so many many areas that diversity needed to happen and i mean up to up until now i mean even in the most recent local elections where we see you know danica rome uh, as the first transgendered uh, state senator in virginia that just won a couple nights ago do, do you feel that, that wonderful man yeah that show you that america is in some ways growing you know understanding that anybody can run for public office and they shouldn't be ostracized or 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 told they can't. That's that's fantastic. That this transgender person won it often. That's that's fantastic. And I think that's the thing that Nate Jackson felt was important for him back then. That he as a black man should be able to run for the office man. And if he gets the office, he got into office, which he did. He should be able to have an impact. Now he had to push for affirmative action. You know that's why he considered the leader of affirmative action because. It wasn't like he became there and, and those who were corridors of power said, oh, that's great. Let's do anything we want to have. No, he had to fight to make sure that he surrounded himself, you know, and he brought in diversity within the office of mayor, within the, within the host administration, and then outside of the administration when they were building the airport, the imagined airport. Do, do, do you feel that by him starting to make those, those little changes in his career, do you think that he had a big impact in the political climate where we're able to see such change today? I think that if you're a student of politics, you're a student of the history of politics in terms of African-American empowerment over the last 40 years, you would have to have looked at what Mayor Jackson did and see how impactful he was and take some lessons from that. Absolutely. So with, with, with the film... You know, we, we see so many political figures, um, you know, going to, going to events, whether they understand the politics of them, whether they're going to Hamilton and not necessarily grasping the message or, you know, other events. What would you hope that if current politicians were to watch the documentary that they would take away from it? I would hope that if current politicians watch the documentary, they could see that here was a man who was first and foremost a public servant who felt a commitment to helping make political change and social change in the city of Atlanta for not only black people but persuasion. And I and, and, and then I hope that this is an opportunity to give people an opportunity to understand here was a man whose history has been forgotten and should be revitalized and understood. Because for this new generation we need to we need to look at people like Mayor Jackson and say Thank God for what he did and what he accomplished. Ab- absolutely. So, and I, and I know Maynard, Maynard's life, of course, was was cut short. Um, but but it, it seems that as his life was cut short, he died doing what what he loved. And you know, he was he was in the middle of being a public servant when it happened. I, I mean, as close as you got to his family, and you know, seeing and feeling the emotion throughout the documentary as people talk about, you know, as, as he passed. Do you think, you know, getting to know Maynard's story and his family, that he would have had it any other way? No. He was, he, he was on the path that he wanted to be on, and there was no other path for him. You know, and I think he realized it as a very young man. Yeah, I, I, I think he absolutely did, and I, I think he lived a life 
that that really that really showed that. And I, I think you captured that beautifully in the documentary and 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 really really made it not just a, a, a piece about a great political figure and a great person all around, but really a great think piece for anybody, whether they are of the of you know a big political uh, understanding. But just to recognize, you know, really how we just need to kind of treat each other every day by watching Maynard's example. I absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So where where, where will people be able to uh, to watch the documentary that want to check that out? The documentary's first premiere will be this coming Thursday, November 16th, at a New York festival called Doc NYC. All documentaries are going to play for the next uh, eight to nine days. It'll premiere on next Thursday. And then it will probably, I'm pretty sure, it'll be premiere at the Atlanta sometime in March. I know that the producers that were tracking the sales agent, they get a lot of bugs about people wanting to see the film, you know, and get it out there. So keep, stay tuned because it'll be in, hopefully in the theater sometime soon. Excellent. Well, I, I wish you the best on it. Hopefully we'll see it out here in Los Angeles as well. Um, again, it, w- it was an absolutely wonderful film. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that I now, you know, have the knowledge of Maynard Jackson. Um, and, and again, I, th- I think the film represents both his life and his political career beautifully. Thank you, man. Not a problem. Thank you for joining me today, Sam. Yeah, it was great. It was great talking to you and I wish you the best and, and ho- hopefully, we'll, you know, a lot of people will get out and see Maynard. Great. Have a good day. You as well. Thank you. Thank you.